Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. A very good evening to you. Hi, this is Foster Brown, the host and uh, producer of the Internet Advisor, along with Gary Baker. Ed Riddell and Cal Carson are off today. We've got some folks stepping in to help us with tech questions in our second hour. But in this first hour, we're going to be kind of flexing our muscle in IT and technology here in the state of Michigan, talking about two important conferences that are be coming up, the Midwest Leadership uh, Tech Leadership Conference and another one. Good evening once again. Hi, Foster Brown, co-host of the program, along with Gary Baker. And Gary, it's good to have you in studio here. It's great to be here. And, uh, you know, I just came from the Eastern Michigan University commencement exercises, oh. and my niece, Haley Baker, uh, graduated magnum cum laude today, oh. which is, wow. <laughs> wow, is right. What was her degree in? It was in special education. Fantastic. Yeah, so, that is uh, wonderful. So, and then all the people that had master's and doctoral degrees, you know, were given right. their diplomas ahead of her. So I could just see her brain going. It's like, okay, I'm going to be in the black robes next time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's heading that direction. That's really wonderful. You know, so, Ypsilanti has a lot to be proud of because I just see here. Uh, that uh, their robotics team has done extraordinarily well. Their Grizzly Robotics Team, 66, uh, won the State Chairman's Award for the second consecutive year. Two years in a row. That's that's amazing. Outstanding. And they're going to the World Championship. That's right. Along with another one, which is a first-year team. (laughs) They didn't think that they could actually... You know, get into the first of all, win in this this in the states, um, but uh, they're going to the world too. And yeah, that's just, Lincoln Lincoln High School, Lincoln High School. Yeah, Link's uh, Linkbots Link team sixty five thirty eight are yeah. going. So our hats off to them as well as There's team eight, eighty four teams though I from know. Michigan, which is hard to believe. You know, oh, well, wow, it's hard to believe any state can send eighty four teams. But you know what? If you're talking about robotics and you're talking about engineers and kids with parents that are engineers, hey, yeah. we got them here. We ought to have them here. Yeah, we ought to have them here. <laughs> if there was a place that we should have them here. So uh, hats off to those yeah, kids who will be heading out this we next have, weekend. We should have them in. We're well, going to try to well, do that. We've In the past, we've, uh, oh, the Thunder, was it Thundering Steve, Chickens? Yeah, the Thunder Chickens. Thunder yeah. Chickens we had uh, on. And last... then we had uh, Steve Heiser. That's right. From um, uh, Clark... I, IG 
GD. Right. And right. Uh, from Clarkston. Uh, he was the uh, advisor for uh, a robotics team. A couple, And we had them in a couple years in a row. That's and they right. They had won the state championship back then. So so hats off to LinkBots and also to the Grizzly Robotics teams. As uh, And good luck to you folks as you're heading next Saturday. They'll be in St. Louis for the World Championship Robotics. We'll see. I'm yeah, actually, actually, they get... They, um, they get like six weeks to build the robot, and then they do six weeks of competition. Uh, and different teams come in at different times because there's a lot of teams I to have do a grand, the world. Matter of fact, I had a grandson who was on the Ferndale uh, High School team. And they did well, but they did not uh, come away with some of the top honors, but they did, they did very well. And so yeah. I'm very proud of Carson Keller, my grandson, who oh, was involved good. in that. Very good. It's, I, it's great to see these kids because, you know, there's uh, a couple articles you and I have read, and they talk about, you know, kids that said, I now care about school. Yeah. I, this is really, I'm engaged. I don't think they use that word. But, yeah, right, right. But he was, he was engaged. Uh, and there were a couple other people they were quoted uh, in a couple of those articles, uh, some of the kids that said, yeah, I care now. You know, this makes sense to me. It, I wonderful. can see how I could use what I'm learning. Yeah, if you wonder what, you know, what the value of this was, folks, and I think that is it more than what That's they right. develop and, and even the prizes is they they now have bought in. This is something important in their lives that they're going to work on. Yeah, and the uh, camaraderie is wonderful. Good teams. You know, it's kind of amazing. I, I wonder what the world will be like that they'll be stepping into in the future. And then this week, Facebook held their F8 conference <laughs> and just kind of blew all of our minds yeah. as Mark Zuckerberg uh, talked about their doubling down on a 10-year master plan to involve augmented reality mm-hmm. in what they're doing. That's number one. But the other thing was they're talking about, and, and apparently are right there now, they, uh, they're at the point of doing this, but they're not quite there yet. And it's to be able to have people to be able to type with their mind. Well, if you think back, um, you know, it, if you think about somebody 120 years ago mm. and, and you said to them, you could whisper on this side of the world, and they could hear you on the other side. That's true. That no one would believe you, right? <laughs> and we learned how to read brain waves and you know yeah. send telephone signals, and you know. So what this is all about is reading brain waves. That's exactly right. It, yeah. And um, and the way they do it is they put a little apparatus on your head, mm-hmm. and you type, and. You do this a lot, right? But they yeah. learn to figure out that when you type this word, this is what your brainwave looks like. And mm. then they can now interpret that brainwave without you typing. And in fact, the computer will type for here's, you. Here's something that blew my right? mind. They were talking about, um, so the concept may seem crazy at first glance until you consider the work that has already been done in the field, cl- dating far as far back as the development of Braille. Yeah. Uh, in the 19th century, uh, Facebook is building upon this foundation and with the ultimate goal for one person to be able to think in Mandarin and somebody else instantly feel in Spanish. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like 1984 or something out of science fiction. But as you said, many of those things that we've thought of as science fiction are reality nowadays. Well, do you want to buy a flying car? I yes, yep. I saw that. It only costs you half a million dollars. <laughs> right? They're building them in Mar- in Morocco, um, but it's happening. And they right? tested one in in Germany this week. I, I saw the video. I think I might have posted it to our our Facebook page um, uh, for Internet Advisor. 
absolutely fascinating. It's electric, yeah. completely electric. Yeah. So there's not a lot of the noise and a lot of the vibration, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they're talking about this thing being ready within the next five years to yeah. be kind of like a, um, an Uber. <laughs> yeah, they got to get the price down, right? Yeah, and the that's flying a, Uber. They got to get the price down. So it was funny. So my wife was saying, well, what about runways in uh, in neighborhoods. How are you going to do that? I said, if you have autonomous vehicles and autonomous flying vehicles, they use the roads. And they're also they VTOL. The roads, they're the right? vertical takeoff and landing, yep, so you don't need an airstrip for it. Yeah. Oh, folks. Uh, I don't think I'll be around for all of this, but I'm enjoying what I can see of the future happening <laughs> right now. Hi, you're, in, you're listening to the Internet Advisor and back in just a moment, we've got some very special guests coming. We were uh, kidding a little bit earlier on, uh, Gary, about robotics and the fact that uh, there are so many uh, engineering focuses in this state, that, or focusing in this state, that, that it's natural almost now for us to be producing the 84 teams going to the world event. Yes. But, you know, just in general, Michigan is, is beginning to flex a tremendous amount of tech muscle, if you it will. It sure is. And, you know, we have been uh, in the past, but it's been... Um, not the prevalence that you see now, right? And uh, and you know, and in a large, to a large extent, um, there have been different things that have just kind of been the the catalyst that have brought everybody together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a lot of different um, areas where that's happened, and one of them actually is because of our next guest. This is the thirteenth year wow. of the Midwest Technology Leaders Symposium, and. Uh, when Tracy Ann and Rob Palmer started this 13 years ago, who would have guessed <laughs> that it could have done what it's, you know, what it has Just for exploded. the tech community? And we have them with us. Hey, welcome, Tracy Ann and Rob. It's good to have you back uh, for an annual visit to the Internet Advisor. How you doing? Great, Foster. How are you? Doing very well. It's hard to believe that 13 years ago this all began. It's crazy. I know. I can't believe it. Hi, Gary. I hope you're doing well. I am, and I am so excited. This next Wednesday is the the 13th annual Midwest Technology Leaders Conference. How how did what did you ever think it would last 13 years when you started this? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was the? And, and, and it has been so great. I mean, just the the number of people that have spoken yeah. at this yeah. and over the years, and you know the the people that we've gotten together that the business that gets done at this symposium, and then for many months afterwards is just amazing. Um, what? Yeah. What? Um, who's who's on the um, the speaking docket this year? Yeah, great question. We've got uh, Jerry Johnston. Uh, he's actually the SVP of uh, corporate service delivery coming in um, from. He's from Wells Fargo. Um, another very interesting guest that we have this year is uh, Jeff Fraser. He actually works uh, directly for John Chambers. And his his entire mandate uh, initiative is around uh, global uh, IoT cities oh, and wow. digitization. So he actually was instrumental in um, the Special Olympics. Oh, and nice. actually digitizing the whole of the Special Olympics. Oh my goodness! Yes. Um, so they they they're looking at uh, trying to take that model. Um, and look at that for the states, and um, I know that they're currently talking to Michigan as potentially one of the one of the first states mm. for that. Um, another really really interesting speaker that we have. Um, don't know if you all remember Dave Zalko. Oh yes, yes. And yep. so he's speaking 
He is, yeah, he is. So Dave, um, uh, Dave's going to be our wow. keynote uh, late in the afternoon um, and really talking about his entrepreneurial journey and how he ended up, you know, selling his, his company, um, which, you know, when he took over uh, was really bankrupt um, as wow. a startup and uh, sold it, you know, for a quarter billion dollars to a Fortune 500 company. So we're very, <laughs> not, very interested to hear that story. It's yeah, going to be fantastic. Not, not a bad trade. Now, Rob Palmer, I understand you're there as well. You're having a hard time getting a word in edgewise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Rob, what was the impetus for you folks starting this thing? I mean, it's a it's a pretty large uh, challenge to gather all this heavyweight talent together. Thirteen years ago, what was the impetus for bring, making it happen? Well, actually, Tracy Ann did recognize that there was a gap in the in the industry, um, especially here in, in the Detroit market, of uh, bringing together the end users and the solution providers. Uh, there really wasn't anything happening at that time, so she put together this conference um, and really wanted to make it a community event. Um, Not a large with thousands of people, but something where everybody could interact with each other, get to know each other, to help collaborate with each other. Now, we shouldn't be mentioning that this is happening at the Henry, uh, which is in Dearborn, the Henry Ford, rather, which is the conference center in Dearborn, right right across from Greenfield Village and the uh, Henry Ford Museum. No, no, this is actually in the the Henry Hotel. Oh, okay, pardon me, in the Henry Hotel. It used to be the old Ritz-Carlton. Gotcha. Okay, Uh, now I got it. Okay. And um, you're going to be gathering there, and it's going to be this coming April 26th, which is Wednesday. Wednesday. Right. And, And... Again, going back to some of the speakers, too, um, you know, we have a lot of people that are really smart and good in our own area here. So, you know, we have people like Dan Lorman, um, oh, yeah. who's a security expert we've had on a number of yeah. times, Doug Song, who's been one of our That's guests. That's right. <laughs> As we're looking through this, I was looking at our guest duo, list. <laughs> duo security. And, and if we miss somebody on here, this that's our future guest list, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know... This is you do this in this in your spare time, what? Bob and Tracy Ann. <laughs> you guys have have regular jobs, real jobs too, right? Tracy Ann, what do you do? Yeah, so I'm the uh, director of strategy and planning for Cisco. So this is definitely oh a, a labor of love. That's uh, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob, you changed jobs recently. What what uh, what do you do for all, all day long? Well, all day from uh, you know eight to eight. Um, <laughs> I work for a company called Everstream uh, that provides fiber for enter- enterprise companies. Uh-huh. A new company here in Michigan. And that's a company I imagine was rather busy because of the uh, expansion of fiber. Yes, absolutely. We've uh, just uh, actually acquired two companies uh, last year um, in Michigan. So we've had a really big presence here, and everything's jumping very, very quickly. I want me ask both of you, uh, and uh, let this be kind of a jump ball between you, Tracy, and Rob. Well, what are what are some of the key issues facing uh, technology right now in Michigan? So I think uh, you know one of the things that that is um, on everyone's mind and will continue to be is security. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. We we we're hearing a lot about you know the ransomware. In fact, uh, just I was speaking at MSU with the students this week, and um, they, one of the students said that their their father's company 
had in fact just been hit up um, with with ransomware for Bitcoin. So, um, you know, it's prevalent. Um, it's a it, it's a big big issue. It's big in healthcare. It's big for our financial services organizations, and it is top of mind for every single company. The consumers, by the way, as well. We've had calls, a number of them, and emails as well. The people who have, uh, you know, and this is just an individual who's being held up for 300 or some odd dollars in order to get their material back. They get a little bit more from the, the company. Oh, yes, <laughs> my Lord, yes. And that, that is a real issue. I mean, it's it a really, really very is. serious it issue. It really is. Um, have there been any, any significant kind of responses to this whole ransomware thing? That's a great question. Um, you know, we've actually got an expert speaking uh, from the U.S. Secret Service. He's going to be speaking on ah. this exact topic. Um, so that's Wednesday, and um, I'm looking forward to, hear, to hearing what he says because I, I haven't heard. Um, I can tell you that this ransom that happened this, this week that I know about, they ended up having to pay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure how we're going to solve it, but uh, yeah. it's definitely something that, that needs to get fixed. Yeah, you know, it, and you can back up, and that helps a little bit. And sometimes you can just restore over the top. And there's some other things you can do, but you got to get in front of it, and you got to know Absolutely. about it. That's and you exactly. got to have a plan well before you get hit, and and that's one of the keys. But it's not the only thing that can happen, um, and they can get around that too. There's some some ways that they can continue to infect you if you're not careful. Oh man. So, yeah, it is a, is a hairy problem. Are there any other issues, Rob, that uh, stand out for you as you're getting ready for the, uh, the conference coming up this Wednesday and you got all this leadership gathered together? Well, one thing that we are talking about is it's going to be our workforce, talent, mm. um, and leadership. So there's a, there's a general session um, changing the conversation about IT talent uh, that is, you know, it, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, Paul Peabody from Bronson is going to be speaking to talk about the great things they're doing there at Bronson over in Kalamazoo. Um, and then also we have a uh, panel for We Build Character talking about the leadership and, and oh, what yeah. mentorship mm-hmm. um, and, and trying to um, really work on yourself, how that's really helped the landscape of IT leaders. And between the two of you, you started We Build Character, one of one of a couple different things that you've done around the mentoring, uh, trying to help the, the IT community uh, get better, right? Yeah, we've, we've put about 350 people through that program from some of the largest companies in, in the area. And we're finding we're, we're accelerating their career growth uh, at least by three years. Mm. So um, it's, it's, it's been very, very impactful. And again, all, all volunteer, all of our CIOs volunteer their time to be mentors, it's it's pretty unbelievable. Well, and the and the chief men, the chief volunteer is is really the two of you, <laughs> because if it wasn't for your vision and helping get Midwest Technology Leaders started, uh, and getting the conversation between the CIOs started, yeah, um, we would uh, be playing catch up. Uh, even more than we are. And full disclosure, you are on the board, am I right? I am on the board. I have been for a number of years, yep. and uh, and it's just been wonderful. And I I do everything Tracy Ann tells me. <laughs> Sometimes I right, do Rob? what Rob tells me, but I always do what Tracy Ann tells me. <laughs> well, Tracy Ann and Rob uh, Palmer, I want to thank both of you for being with us, and, and the congratulations on this 13th annual Midwest Tech Leader Symposium that's going to be taking place at uh, the Henry in Dearborn uh, coming up this Wednesday. The very best to you, and I hope it's an extraordinarily successful experience for you. Thank, thank you, Foster. All right, thank you. And Thanks, Gary. I, Gary. We'll see you on Tuesday evening. 
Thank you. Thank All right, you. take Thanks. care. I know it's going to be a busy time for you, too, as well, it, Gary. It will be. It'll be a lot of fun, and I I meant every word of it. If, it, if Tracy Ann and Rob just are untiring devotion to helping the IT community here in, in uh, Michigan and, and in the Midwest, and uh, it's wonderful when people like that are just so dedicated. Well, coming up in just a moment, we're going to be talking about an Agile and Beyond conference coming up as well, another Flex the Muscle in Michigan. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor and uh, our program, this first half of the program, is kind of introducing you to some of the uh, incredible talent that gathers in our state of Michigan. We just talked about the Midwest Te- uh, Tech Leaders Symposium. And also coming up is another important meeting, and that'll be coming up uh, the first week in May out in Ypsilanti at the Eagle Crest Conference Center. And Gary, I'll, I'll have you introduce our two guests in studio and talk a little bit about the Agile and Beyond Conference that's going to be happening. That's right. Um, Agile was actually something that started in 1996, called Extreme Programming at the time, uh, renamed in um, 2001 to Agile, and it started here in Michigan. Oh, really? Um, and uh, I think we can get uh, microphones on for... Here we go. Tom Churchwell yeah. and Gary. Jason you, Dinkelman. Gary, how are you? you? Good, how are we you, We got Gary? three guests, by the way. And three Evan guests. Dinkelman. Right. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> how are you doing, buddy? Hey, how old are you? Eight. Eight years old, I see. And you have come here. What is your role here? <laughs> He's our paleontologist. <laughs> <laughs> you our... like dinosaurs? Yeah. He oh, loves do. computers. He oh. loves computer games, don't you? What, what kind of games do you like to play? I kind of like to put what I actually kind of like to watch Nexo Night videos. Oh yeah, ah, it's a Lego thing. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, Very and I'll good. bet your dad, uh, your dad's a pretty creative guy. And dad I, goes through some I, batteries. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the phone so, doesn't last much. Anymore. So I know that I know the two guys on either side of you. As a matter of full disclosure, I've worked with each of them. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. In fact, I hired both of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Tom was the very first. Uh, employee that I hired when uh, we went to Gale to do an uh, IT transformation there using agile development, and uh, and Tom and Jason are really experts in um, in how we do new types of development like agile, right, Tom? Yeah, I'd say that uh, you are as well. Jason is, and, and uh, I, I don't know if I call myself expert, but I've been doing it an awful long time. So you're <laughs> constantly yeah. learning. So yeah, you're constantly learning. learning. And, and, That's and really you, what it is. And you go, you know, from around the country, and if you go more than fifty miles away from home, then you're an expert, right? Oh, right. you know what? And I go fifty miles from home an awful lot. Yes, I know guys. Let's, for the sake of our audience, what is, what is agile and and this agile and beyond? So let's start with agile first. Yeah, it's just a proven way to develop uh, software so that the customer is more satisfied in the end with, with what they get. Um, traditionally in IT, we've had a real I mean, we've had a real problem delivering what people really needed. Uh, historically, I don't know, what is it, 
of yeah, software projects like fail yeah. to meet customer satisfaction, right? Well, and if if they wow. were really honest, it's probably a lot more than that. <laughs> it might right? be. There, you know, I, I tell this joke about what, what's the only career that you can choose where you can fail two-thirds of the time? And there's the only... Are, <laughs> weatherman? <laughs> weatherman kind of get... They get, a, they get a narrowed down, right? They get a, get a big leeway, but and uh, actually two, designated hitter in baseball. Right? <laughs> I was just going to say baseball. Yeah, you know, right. you bat 333 and, you that's know, awesome. you're in the Hall of Fame. That's right. right. Yeah. I don't get it. No. Oh, thank you. You know very what, much. Evan? Yeah. Almost nobody gets my jokes. So don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> don't feel too bad. So, so Jason, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. No, you're good. The the problem initially was that uh, the the whole process of developing software, as I understand, was kind of out of the the line of vision of the client. Correct. And this is involving the client more. Yeah, it's more user centered design of software, getting <gasps> fast feedback and and uh, closing that loop. Right. So before someone would say, "I want this project, and go off and build it to me on this island." Right, and now we're more, well, build this little piece of it, and do you like that? Yes, I yeah. love that. Do you like this? No, I hate that. And we can pivot faster and build software that people can actually use and, and uh, build it in a much cleaner, mm. faster way that's more maintainable and that kind of thing. So, And, and Jason actually um, would be the per- per- perfect person to uh, back me up on this. <laughs> I tell people that we don't miss requirements very often. But we misunderstand them oh, all the time. Awful <laughs> lot. All the time. And, and it, it's when, because we all think we're communicating, right? It's, um, I want it blue. And Jason <laughs> is, a, is a user experience expert, a customer experience expert. And he gets asked these questions. There's it's like, yeah, could you make blue. it blue? He says, which color view? <laughs> which no, blue? Which yeah. blue you want? Yep. And how do you describe, because you don't know. And, th- and that's an easy one, right? Yeah. Some of these requirements are very hard. And it's really about doing yeah. a little and then asking them, right? right? It, it's closing that loop in the sense of like before you would take it and six months later you come back and said, this is what you told me you wanted. And you're like, yeah, oh. I know. But now that I see it, that's not at all what I wanted. Yeah, so it's now not doing say, exactly what I wanted. Is this what you wanted? Well, yes, that's what Tom, I wanted. Tom, how, trans- yep. how has this transformed <laughs> software development? And how has it changed uh, things? Well, you know, I, I liken it to... Uh, I, I used to fly. I know Gary flies. And uh, I, I yep. liken it to when you're flying. It's it, it, Believe it or not... Even if you're in an aircraft that is on autopilot, it's off course 90% of the time. <laughs> Good it's, grief. No, well, I mean, it's um, winds blow you, oh, you're that's up true. There, right? That's you're true. all, yep. even you're on autopilot. Course it's always, but course correction, that's it, Gary. Yeah. So it's not whether or not you're off course, it's whether or not you're off course and correcting. Uh, and the exact same analogy applies to software development. Like, like Jason was saying, we used to map out these gigantic requirements documents. We mm-hmm. thought we knew what the answer was. And the worst time to do that is at the beginning of the project when you know the least about it. And then we would go away, uh, you know, lock ourselves away for six months, come back and say, ta-da! We got, you know, here, here you go. And, and some of them take longer than six well, months, yeah, right? I was by be, that yeah. time, the I whole, was trying to be nice. The whole, the whole business has changed. That's, yeah. Well, that's the key thing, right? It's not so much that maybe even, even if we really knew what we wanted, even if we got it nailed down, uh, the market might change. The world oh, yeah. changes. And that's so, fast. so much faster now, right? right. It's, it's continually changing. And so being able, like, like uh, Jason said, to create something that works, we can verify it's working. It's tested. We know it works. It does what we like. Let's build off of that. Let me just say, this is uh, we're talking about a conference coming up in Ypsilanti at the Eagle Crest Conference Center on May the 4th and 5th. Uh, and it'll be called Agile and Beyond. And we're talking about a couple of people here who have been involved in that kind of process. For of years. <laughs> Agile, yeah, for a long time. Yeah. Um, how long has this been going on, Gary, this uh, Agile and Beyond? 
This is the ninth year. Ninth no, year? Ninth year? eighth year. Sorry, eighth yep. year, yeah. Yeah, yep. Martin Toll put this together along with a bunch of you guys who were all involved that first year. Nope, yeah. I was involved the second you, year. Oh, you were? Yeah. I think it was the yeah. second year as well. Yep. Okay. I know that- yeah, uh, Marvin, Marvin pretty much did it all on his own the first year, and then a bunch of us got involved afterwards. Yeah, yep. yeah. that's right. Guys, well, I, where, what areas are, are demanding software right now? What are, what are the big areas <laughs> that are demanding it? Every uh, area. Just about any industry that we're in today has some technical component to it. It it just seems like, I mean, I I don't know of much that that doesn't require, even if, even if it's a business that has nothing to do with technology, they use technology in order to track all the metrics based on whatever the business is. So companies like Ford right now, they're, they're trying to change from an automobile company to a mobility company, right? right? And that's software driven, right? Well, and, and they're really trying to get behind agile. You know, when when you think about this, (laughs) this whole movement of building better software that's better quality and more predictable started at Chrysler Mm -hmm. in 1996. (laughs) And by Ron Jeffries and Chet Hutchinson and a bunch of guys, Kent Beck. Kent Beck, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 That's I software. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all that, stuff, all out. All that stuff that all those games that you love to play, that's all software. Yeah. Remember yeah. this week you went on a field trip and you learned how to code. That's software. <gasps> you code. Yeah. Ooh. You went to the Apple Store. Ooh. You Evan, code. you learned to code. I actually learned how to code a long time ago. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. excuse me. Evan Matt, is the future a, of Agile. A long time ago when he was seven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when we talk about Agile Wednesday. and beyond, Evan is beyond. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, well, and it's Evan amazing. That, 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 I learned how to code when I was six. Oh, Did you? you were really? six. Wow, and how old cool. are you now, Evan? Eight. Eight years old. Oh, my goodness. Two years of experience. I tell you, it's incredible. Well, and, and when you I've think about when you think about XP, I only did hour of code. An that's hour. Right. Of code. Oh, that's right. That was a great. That was hour of code. Was an uh, an international event that came up. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, you know, we've been doing agile L. Uh, everywhere else in the world, it seems, except here, because of other big companies, you know, it's hard to do. And and hats off to Ford, who's trying very, very hard. Uh, and they're actually with a lot of success now, mm-hmm. right? But it takes a lot of effort, takes leadership at the top, and takes people, you know, that are actually close to the work, doing the work. And everybody has to get involved, including the middle management, right? Yeah, yeah the key to uh, Agile is to do things end-to-end, and, yeah. that, in- and that includes the organization. Yeah. yeah. You know, Absolutely. one of the reasons I asked a question about where uh, the development is going is because of the uh, self-driving vehicles, the autonomous right. vehicles. Yeah. That, are yep. being, that, that is a big concentration in this area. That must call for incredible amounts of software. Oh, yeah. Yeah, software. I mean, uh, yeah, the company I'm working for right now had a contract for a certain amount of autonomous vehicle stuff, and Ford's pushed, just put in uh, yep. five billion dollars into a company to hire software engineers and engineers. Well, to, the fact that they're calling themselves a mobility about, company yeah, right, is yeah, exactly, absolutely. Yeah. That's and it and it's okay to mention the company because I, I yeah. you know, I, I like both of your companies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if, if we can't all be working together right, now, sure, at right, least right, I like right, the right, company. Right, yeah. So, so Pillar Technologies, who I work for now. Yep. So. and uh, and yep. I work with cyber now yep, and heard. and we're forming a partnership with oh, pillar cool. awesome. again so that's <laughs> uh-huh. that's great yeah, no. and tom i work at leading agile yep yeah. and with one of our favorite friends chris beale uh, oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah chris is. and chris is uh i think chris is working uh at ford as well yeah, yeah he yeah, is that's yeah, what I heard, yeah. up there so i mean it, it is it's still a relatively small community mm-hmm. and our goal is to try to make it less small we got to make it a little bit bigger here yeah. and that's the whole Part about it together. Agile yeah. and then beyond. Because yeah, it's I'm, really about 
people learning agile and and it might be people that are getting really excited about as developers yeah. i get to develop exactly <laughs> what the customer wants this is very cool yeah but it's way beyond that now isn't it well, it's a matter of uh, doing something where you know it's actually going to get used. There's nothing worse in the world than spending oh, okay. six months or a year of dedicated to writing something that doesn't get yeah, used. Right. Oh, that's got to oh, be. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, why? Why? You know, yeah, well, it's, it's exciting for us, too. I mean, like, from a growth perspective, you know, Agile and Beyond started as a... 150 person conference and we've sold over 800 tickets this year yeah, it's wow. amazing and had to move to a new venue we had to move to a new venue last year we're probably pushing the limits on that venue oh. now and it's, just know, it's a two-day conference next. it's yeah. a two-day conference yep what's a venue a venue <laughs> is a building where we hold the conference yep. i that love place. your questions evan <laughs> i not love a venue you unless it has a you golf could course. be a radio host you know <laughs> yes. that you with you with your questions you could be a radio host <laughs> well guys we have to wrap it up here right now but i want to thank very much tom churchwell and jason pleasure for being here and evan dinkelman thank you very much for joining us as well you are the future young man <laughs> i expect to have you back here as our guest sometime in the future think he could do that come sure. back come back and talk oh, about coding yeah. i think he could thank you <laughs> the uh, event is called agile and beyond it'll be taking place may 4th through the 5th and that's in ypsilanti michigan it's that time of the program to welcome Mr. Mike Brennan, the editor of MI Tech News, with some headlines to share with us about what's going on in our fair state of Michigan in entrepreneurship and technology. Mike, welcome. Thanks. I was uh, listening to the earlier segment, and I heard you breaking in Gary's replacement, Evan. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought he did a wonderful job, you know? Probably codes better than him, too, right? So. <laughs> he codes better than I do, I'm sure. <laughs> Evan, we were just saying how uh, you're, you're going to be Gary's replacement someday. That's what we were teasing about. Do you think you could do that, Evan? Sure. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm scared now. It's my job here. <laughs> we just found out that his dad, Jason Dinkelman, uh, got his degree in broadcasting at Central <laughs> Michigan. So there, uneasy lies the crown. And and, <laughs> and actually did some uh, work at the Onion, which you know a lot about, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> well, Mike, let's look at some of the headlines that you're featuring this week on MI Tech News, and one of them is going to be certainly good news for a lot of the folks who listen on our affiliates in the uh, Grand Rapids area and Muskegon and Kalamazoo out in the western part of the state. AT&T is offering a one-gigabyte Internet fiber service in West Michigan. Well, they're rolling it out anyway. Uh, they're going to start with parts of Grand Rapids. They didn't specify which parts yet, but it's going to be uh, pretty fast. Uh, you know, it's fiber. Uh, you know, you can have incredible download and upload speeds. Um, for instance, uh, uh, you can download 25 songs in one second or a 90-minute HD movie in less than 34 seconds. Wow. Uh, so I uh, don't know what the pricing is going to be. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's going to be more than than regular because you get more broadband there, sure. right, more sure. bandwidth. So, But, uh, yeah, it's good news for the west side of the state because, I mean, that's really the way we're going with all the video that we're doing and everything mm -hmm. else. It, you need lots of uh, bandwidth to handle that. Well, Mike, we've talked about this before. It also is extremely important for economic development in the western part of our state. Yeah, western and, and particularly in the northern, too. Now, even Traverse yep. City is getting it now. Uh, yep. And, you know, Traverse City is booming into a little, uh, uh, you know, high-tech hub uh, we just announced this week uh, that there's a new incubator going in up there for high-tech companies. Ooh. And 
So uh, lots of good stuff. I mean, if you like cold, which is not my thing, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's pretty up there. My mother was grew up in Petoskey, so uh -huh. I have a lot of familiarity with northern Michigan. But uh, And I have cousins that live in Boyne City, but they can have it. It's a little bit too nippy for me up there. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's, it's a story that I've told a number of times, and people who are frequent listeners to our show probably have heard it before, but uh, a number of years ago I was in a, uh, a cyber cafe in downtown Gladwin, Michigan. Sadly, mm -hmm. it's it's gone. On, um, and that's the problem with a lot of the businesses up there. Uh, but one of the, the issues that a gentleman I was sitting with was he was about to retire and would have loved to retire to Gladwin, which is in the central part of our state in the lower peninsula. Um, but the problem was he couldn't get good connectivity. Um, or he could run his online business from his vacation home, which is something that he would love to have done, regardless of the weather, in in uh, the cold of winter or in the heat of summer. He would have been very happy to have that. And so that's why I'm, as I hear you talking about uh, the fact that AT&T is now extending this, it's kind of like a super highway. It's like putting uh -huh. an expressway in, in terms of the internet up through the western part of the state, I think is very, very good news for a lot of other outstate areas. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, eventually, uh, most of the state will be, you know, high-speed Internet. Uh, but, you know, some rural areas, it's just not cost-effective, and they'll right. have to come up with other solutions. I mean, they, right. in the end, they can't give it away, right, or lose money on it. But uh, if they can do a break-even, they'd probably be interested. I think it's technology coming, too, that's going to be able to... Uh uh, find ways of extending the broadband that we do have um, uh, economically, like mesh networking and some of those other things that we've had on. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good. Right. And there's all different ways to uh, to get connectivity today over exactly. the power lines and yep. microwave line of sight. So you know, it's it's probably a combination of so many of these different. Yep. Uh, different but the, I think the important thing is when the spine, the hub. The backbone gets pushed that. out yep. to these yep. other parts of the state. I think that's critical for development in Michigan. Uh, another issue you have here, and uh, this is something that's coming. We've been talking about security. As a matter of fact, when uh, Tracy Ann Palmer and Rob, Rob Palmer were on talking about the Midwest, Midwest uh, Technology, Technology Leadership Conference. Symposium, yep. they are talking about uh, security being a huge issue and uh, ransomware being a big problem. Well, you've got a cybersecurity breakfast seminar that's coming uh, to my, it's the James B. Henry Center. Where is that? That's in East Lansing. In East Lansing, friends, okay. The friends that wear green and white, we don't talk about them typically. <laughs> but, uh, in I my house, they do. <laughs> yeah, in, in my house, we do now that my son's going there. So. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll be nice. Uh, so May 3rd, uh, it's a it's a Ask, an IT consulting company, along with a law firm called Foster, Swift, Collins, and Smith, and they're hosting a free webinar. It's open to business professionals, uh, huh. limited seating. Uh, so you need to sign up. Uh, but, I mean, if you don't really know what's going on in this space, uh, I mean, you've heard a lot of stuff and you really need to, you're running a business, you want to make sure it's secure, mm. it's worth checking out. And, again, it's, especially if you're in the, the, the mid-Michigan area, and yep. uh, you know, and it's free. Free is good, right? Absolutely. That's I a like breakfast that seminar, place. and it's coming up on May the 3rd at the James B. Henry Center, and that's in L Lansing or East Lansing? I think it's in East Lansing. Okay, East Lansing. All right. Uh, this last one, I loved when I saw the report on this. It says, most Americans favor flying cars. Oh, really? <laughs> Meet George Jetson. <laughs> I won't do any more singing because it would offend you. you know, but, uh, yeah, I, that one I knew was going to get picked up by people. I shared it on Facebook. Everybody loved it. But the U of M came out with a study that said 41% of adult respondents 
in an online survey, are very interested in riding in a fully autonomous, self-driving, self-flying car. Me, I would be a wee bit nervous about that. I mean, mm. uh, if a self-driving car breaks down, you pull to the side of the road. But Gary knows. He's a pilot. I mean, if the plane breaks down, what happens, Gary? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, you accelerate a little faster until you stop suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> I got to yes, tell you guys. comes up very quickly. <laughs> I, I believe I posted this on our, home, on our Facebook page, but just this week, in Germany, near Munich, they tested out, and it was a maiden flight of a... Uh, a uh, all-electric, yeah. An all-electric yeah. flying car called the yep. Lilium Jet. This thing 200-mile range. And, um, and can go up to 300... Was it kilometers? What would it be? The kilometers per hour? No, no, nuts. Nuts, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, and extremely fast. It's quiet. It uses only electricity. And uh, the fascinating thing about this is it takes off straight up and down. So right. you don't you don't need to have uh, you know, build uh, runways for it, and it can you know, park pretty much anywhere. So it's like the the Uber is of the sky is coming. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I, but it's not going to be cheap, uh, and I, I suspect you're going to need a pilot's license, which is not cheap either. Uh, it's about ten thousand dollars to get one of those. I don't, but because you need, I still would not be comfortable flying a fully autonomous car if I didn't what? know how to fly the car. If something went wrong, you so, know, and, I, and I'm sure that FAA was good be, would insist on that, right, Gary? So Tom Churchwell, he's a pilot, uh, too. is a pilot. In <laughs> fact, oh, I a real pilot. Yeah, yeah. helicopter. I, I just recently oh, saw a guy who had built a, a quadcopter that was big enough that he had slung his own hammock underneath it and was flying around in it. He just got hey. the controls in his hands and he's just going wherever. You know, he wants that to sounds go. like that Chinese. <laughs> the Chinese have uh, one. Oh, what's that called? I forget. But it's on the same kind of principle where this is going to what, be a like... a principle of crazy? I yeah, mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it is crazy. I mean, you know, think of the, the Wright brothers. They probably thought they were crazy, yeah, too. Yeah. But the, the interesting thing about this Lilium jet, by the way, guys, is that it has its own parachute. So oh, in case yeah. Yeah, yeah, all else fails... There's a whole parachute for the plane, so you don't hit the ground quite as hard. Yeah, yeah. That, that's always best. <laughs> <laughs> but, Mike, it sounds like, and, and apparently this is, they did a survey, and Americans are all for it, huh? Well, not all. I mean, uh, 41%. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, uh, you know, we grew up on the, well, some of us grew up on the Jetsons. And Absolutely, the, yeah. sure. I mean, uh, <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, everyone thinks this is a great idea, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to be solved, a lot of technology that still needs to be worked through. But they were saying five years this vehicle that you were talking about, Foster, would be ready to fly. Yeah, right. and in which case, I guess some of these folks would say yes, but, I mean, it's probably at least, what, a couple hundred thousand dollars, you'd think, right? You know? Well, the, and the obvious point is to bring the, the cost down. But one, the interesting thing about the electric one is that you don't have uh, the weight problem of having to have a combustion engine in it. Uh-huh. It's yeah, all run point. on batteries, they, and then there's multi-fail-safe, so they have a whole array of fans out on the wing, and any number of them can go, and it can still maintain you know, uh, direction in the air. So, I mean, it, it seems to have solved a number of very significant problems, but there's a lot they were mentioning. There are a lot of competitors out there. Yeah, well, it's a hot area. Hey, it reminds me of when Bob Lutz, he used to fly his helicopter from Ann Arbor to uh, Chrysler all the time. So it'd be kind of along those lines, but that's a helicopter, obviously. But, yeah, but- and, I, and I was out there when uh, just after he crashed and helped him look for his wristwatch. That, what? That- <laughs> So, Bob. Uh, what do we do you, say about Bob? You know, Bob so. out of the Ann Arbor Airport where I kept my plane, and I, I was out there, and I went, "Wow, everybody's crowded around out there, and the only thing he 
you know, it didn't crash from that far. But and the problem, and Tom knows this, the problem with uh, a helicopter is that you can auto-rotate down. You're still coming down pretty fast, you, right, Tom? You get one chance. Yeah. That's it, right? You get <laughs> one <laughs> chance to get it perfect. Yeah. Uh, and and I've known a few people that got it perfect, so that's good, yeah, right? Well, and, he, and Bob Lutz, to his credit, you know, just... Broke his wristwatch. That was yeah, about the only thing. Oh goodness! That's a, I still <laughs> like anyone you walk away from is a good landing. Yeah, it's I still a good like landing. The fixed yeah. swing, you hey. know, because they glide. Mike Brennan, thanks so much for being with us. Mi Tech News is the service, and you can get it absolutely free. Go to mitechnews.com or on the Internet Advisor. You can go to our site, internetadvisor.net, and you'll find links there to be able to subscribe. Free for nothing. You get all this great news and much more, including video and audio. Mike, thanks so much for being with us, and have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. I'm going to go enjoy Earth Day. Uh, oh, hey, that's right. All right. And, uh, Take well, care, Mike. It looks like uh, coming up in this next hour, it's going to be your turn to ask us your questions about technology. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. That's 800-859-0957. We got answers for your questions. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, TheInternetAdvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechNews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to hour number two of the Internet Advisor, and that's the one where you get to ask whatever happens to be on your mind about your computer, connectivity, uh, whatever happens in your digital world, we'd love to get a crack to help you. And we are loaded for bear today. We've got uh, Bob Kane from Cyber with us, Tom Churchwell, and Jason Dinkelman. They're all subbing in and ready to help you out with your problem at 800-859-0957. 800-859-0957. All we need is your question. Well, Gary, since uh, our uh, normal tech advisors, Ed's on his way to, uh, probably in Grand Rapids. I think so. For a performance by his son, Talon, this evening. And uh, Cal is out at one of his ice skating competitions. So we have loaded, we're loaded for bear here. (laughs) We have got lots of folks in here to help us answer questions this afternoon. And you you know, I've been... So blessed working with so many different people that um, yeah, that uh, you know it's just fun and I have three people that I've uh, that I've worked with over the years um, at Gale Jason Dinkelman you going to stick around and help us answer I, some questions? I will attempt to answer some questions. All as right, long as great. About, not about Minecraft. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay good. And, and um, Jason, who do you work for now? Uh, currently, I'm a developer with the uh, Pillar Technologies out of Ann Arbor. Okay, good. So, yeah. They're a good, good uh, partner to have. We're going to partner with them again to help us awesome. out uh, from cyber. So. Nice. And speaking of cyber, Bob Kane, uh, you and I just started working together. Yes. Whoop, we're going to press a button. Let's go ahead and press the on button. Oh, nope, the other side. There it is, yeah. hiding behind your laptop. There we go. We got it on. Oh, there we go. There I am. Yep. Yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I've been with Cyber for 10 years and with Ford Motor Company for 27 
uh, wow. prior to that wow. and a uh, graduate of uh, Lawrence Technological University. LTU. All right. That's right. All right. Wonderful. Electrical engineering. I didn't like computers when I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were a little different than they are today, right? <clears throat> turned, that... in our, turned in our projects on punch cards. Yeah. <laughs> and that big room uh, full of computers now fits in your pocket, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, right. Isn't that something? Yeah. And exactly. then Tom Churchwell, we worked yeah. together at Gale, and you're yes, now at, at Leading Agile. Leading Agile, yeah. And I'm an enter- enterprise transformation consultant. Easy for me to say. Yes. And uh, and we had you and Jason on talking about Agile and Beyond Conference yeah. last hour. Uh, and uh, so we'll all see you in a Thanks couple for weeks doing that. for doing that. So. Yeah. Yep. And this hour, we are, we've gathered all this uh, intellectual might and, ex- <laughs> I should say, probably experience as well with computers to help you answer your questions. And... Uh, Again, you know, we've said this in the past, but the mantra is the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. And our numbers, are, our lines are open right now at 800-859-0957. We're hoping to be able to break our audience of the habit of waiting until the end of the program to ask questions. Well, and we always like to start out with a couple easy ones, right? <laughs> Something we can answer, you know, that we don't mind trying to tackle the tough ones also, but uh, the easy ones, it's, uh, it allows us that when we get to answer a question from somebody that calls in, allows us to... Um, to really help a lot of other people that yep. said, oh, I wish I'd ask that question, yeah. right? Absolutely. So if you're one of those people that says, oh, I wish you'd ask your, that question, call us and ask it, and we'll help you. Okay, good. We've we got some folks starting people. to call in right now, but uh, there's plenty of room for you at 800-859-0957. Uh, another way of saying that is 800-859-0WJR. And uh, it could be a question about a PC. Now, are any of you on Macs? Uh, either, uh, okay. Sure, I am. Yeah, All right. I don't know why I'm raising the, my hand. The, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, a whole bunch of people in the, uh, in, in the audience yeah, were raising their hands, too. So. so Jason actually is what they call a, a UX expert. So it's a user experience. And, and what does that entail today? Um, lots of things. Basically making sure that the software that we develop uh, works for users in a Nice, convenient way, making sure the things are in the right spot and easy to find. All right. By the way, we got our first caller in here. And I'd like to to say hello to uh, Danielle Mason, who is our engineer right now. Thank you very much for being. And for the man who is our board op supreme, (laughs) Eric Dorch, (laughs) (laughs) who is just wrapping up 13 hours here. (laughs) So God bless him for being. uh, I've run some of those. I've run some of those shifts myself. But thank you very much, Eric, for setting things up. Yeah. You still got some of the weather outside to enjoy. But uh, Danielle, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, Logan Stantifer is our producer as well. Well, all right, let's go to Dave in Dearborn. Dave, welcome to the Internet Advisor. What's your question for our group? Yes, hello. Uh, my, my question is, like, I have, like, a Sony uh, computer, a desktop computer, and it's a touchscreen, but my, my mouse seems to lock up uh, all the time. And, uh, like, nothing else, when I use a touchscreen, everything works okay. But for whatever reason, my, my mouse, like, is really slow, and it doesn't move when I want it to move, right? So, um are you using a wireless mouse where you put the little doggle, dongle into the USB port? Is that That's how correct. Th- okay. And do you know how to adjust the, the mouse settings? Yeah, I, I went into the settings a few times and tried playing with different things, but um, it's not 100% time when it does this, but it seems like it bogs down every once in a while. Well, whatever what, you- what operating system are you running, by the way? Just curious. 
Um, I just updated it up to what the whatever the latest Windows is. Windows 10? 10? Or whatever. You're running Windows 10. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tom? I, you know, I, a lot of times I look at the at the physical layer first. It's it's amazing sometimes if you just take that mouse, flip it upside down, and uh, have you ever taken the ball out and kind of cleaned everything off below it? Because you can get this gummy stuff that causes the ball to stick. Yeah. Or if, even if it's a, a laser, okay, even if it's go. a laser, it's the same thing too. You'll on the on the ridges underneath the mouse. If you ha- if you clean all that off, a lot of that stuff will work a lot better. I'm not saying that's it. Okay, there's one thing to look at. So uh, it is a laser one, and uh, like like you say, I, I I never really I looked at it before and kind of with my finger wiped it, but. Uh, you know, not cleaned it with the tissue or whatever. Like a Q-tip or something? Yeah, I've, I've used a Q-tip. Yeah, little, so the other little thing, alcohol on it, yeah. yeah. The other thing to consider as well is depending on uh, what color your uh, desktop is or if you use it on the same spot, uh, you know, if it's black, sometimes it's a problem. Try a mouse pad. Yep. Sometimes that works out a little oh, better. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do, do you use a mouse pad, uh, Dave? Um, no, I don't. It's like a wood surface, and I, I don't have a mouse pad on it. Yeah, I, I found different surfaces react differently to those yeah. type of mouses. I, I, same they re- thing. They reflect the, the laser differently. So. I've also found that um, I've used some mice, and they work great. Mm-hmm. Other ones, they just happen to do that, okay. right? And, and I throw it away and get another one. They're cheap. <laughs> and uh, okay. I don't check have the a problem, battery too. So. And the battery. Yep. Yeah, checking the battery as well. Dave, thanks so much for your call. Hope that uh, those are some ideas to give you a little hand there for that as well. Thanks uh, for calling. Ben, uh, we'll be back with you from Adrian in just a moment. And for the rest of you, our number is 800 859 WJR, we'd love to hear from you. We've got lots of folks here to help dig into your problem. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor. And uh, I want to thank once again uh, our folks who are in studio here, Jason Dinkelman, Bob Kane, and Tom Churchwell. We are are loaded for bear today with people here to help you with your questions. And the number is 800-859-0957. And an old friend of ours is on the line here, Ben Carpenter, the gentleman farmer from Adrian. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing fine, Foster. How about you? Doing very well. Glad to have you on the air with us on a beautiful spring day like this. How can we help you? Uh, well, I don't. I don't have a question, but oh. I've got a couple comments. Sure. Oh, good. Sure. Uh, in the past, you've talked about autonomous cars, and uh, in the first hour, you were talking about flying car. Yes, and I'm, right. in, I'm in favor of both of them. After having used uh, uh, GPS stuff and the farm equipment uh, mm-hmm. for several years, and auto steer and uh, uh, running the sprayer and running the uh, corn planter, so forth and so on, uh, I just don't know how I would do it without it. Yeah. And uh, anything that you have, you're going to have to get it on the road or, or mm-hmm. in the field, whatever the situation is, to find the bugs in it. Yep. You're that's, not going to find the bugs uh, ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, you're going to find some bugs uh, when you get it on actually using it yeah you know finding a bug in midair is a little bit different yeah yeah. (laughs) but but you know you that's that's right (laughs) and and finding a bug in the in the office uh with a computer trying to set up the the program for the thing you ain't gonna find it uh you're gonna have to use it to find it that's a very good point yeah and you know when you think about how precise uh that can be and how imprecise as humans we are 
Uh, I do recall uh, going out to a friend's farm and uh, helping, and, and I did this for quite some time, and say, knowing that I just went down and plowed a row so absolutely straight and <laughs> turned around and saw this wavy line behind me <laughs> and saying, I wonder who did that, because I know I was straight. <laughs> and, you know, it, it Today, you can do that because GPS helps you do it, right? That's right. Uh, I, I find that, with the, particularly with a combine with a 30-foot head yeah. and the GPS oh, yeah. stuff, uh, I'm accurate all the way across the field, back yep. and forth, yeah. several times uh, in uh, the same field. And it, it doesn't... Uh, oh, I, I leave a little strip on each side about... Uh, three or four inches, but uh, that's a whole lot <laughs> easier than trying to drive it by hand. Hey, Ben, t- tell folks, how old are you? I'll be 79 the end of this month. 79 the end of this month. You've been still doing, going strong. Yeah, still going strong. What I love about it is that Ben, uh, we, we tease him about being our gentleman farmer, but he has been, he is into technology. He's incredible. He has been with us for any number of years, and we've talked with him about uh, the uh, the different technologies that are involved. Uh, ben, i got to move on. we got a couple other people we want to talk to as well, but thanks so much for giving us a call. Okay, thank you very much. All right, take care, Ben. Ben. Always good talking to you. Ben's from uh, Adrian, Michigan, and uh, has been using technology in any number of different ways. It's fascinating. All right, Damon is with us from Beverly Hills. Damon, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Hey, how you guys doing, my friend? I'm uh, I'm calling in regards to some search engine optimization, as the the helpful operator lady had put it. Uh, I'm curious on... I know if you know search something on you know normal Google or Yahoo, you know mm-hmm. the most uh, paid for internet search comes up first. Is there a way, you know, is there a better search engine out there that's you know less um, controlled and less filtered? There's too much filtering going on there. How do we escape from and mm-hmm. get sort of you know free based internet instead of what you know we're instead of paying for it? See? Yeah, we could always pay for it. Okay. <laughs> you can yeah. pay by the search. Right. Uh, I tell you what, you know, I started using DuckDuckGo and and it's really it's really uh it's it's easy to use it and if I wanted to switch to Google, all I do is hit the bang sign, you know, the exclamation mm-hmm. point. Bang G, yep. IMG and then I'll get images or bang G and it'll go to Google for me, but uh basically huh. it doesn't I, I mean I, I think it's much better. Do you know there you go. did you get so that statement that was duck duck go? Duck, duck, go. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it, guys. Yeah, there's yeah. another one. I mean, he, well, there's th- about 300 different uh, <laughs> oh, searches. Lord, yeah. so. I mean, how do you rate a good one? That's a very good question. I, I guess in terms of the accuracy of... One, of... one of the best is Google. And the way they make it free for you is by having ads uh, at the top. Just scroll down past the ads. And tracking mm-hmm. what you do and what you put in there, and that's DuckDuckGo doesn't do that. Doesn't do that, yeah. yeah. But I mean, they say they don't. Do but, it. Yeah, <laughs> they say they don't do it. But, <laughs> but, but from the algorithm lot. standpoint, they they do a pretty good job of bringing up the most relevant search terms. Jason, did I you have like the other one? Okay. Current, you know, it's not recent. They're not always recent. They're not always, you know, well, up not, to date. Maybe not with the ads, but I think beyond the ads is yeah. is when the, their optimization yeah. kicks in. And the ads are there just because they need to make money and keep it going so that they can provide that to us for free. Have you tried? Hey, Bing? I appreciate you guys. Have you yeah. tried Bing? By the way, just before you take off, uh, Damon. 
Have you tried yeah, Bing? Bing? I think Bing's a pretty good one. I I found a, a search engine called Yippee. Uh, that seems to be pretty cool. I haven't tried uh, that one. Tell me, well, how do you spell that? Uh, y i p p uh, y Yippee. I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll look uh, for it. Yippee. Y i p p y. Okay. I I had not heard of that, but. Uh, there's a number. There's uh, any number of different uh, search engines that are out there, and I guess just try them and, and see which ones you know come up with the best answers for you. But uh, uh, as Gary was saying, get just get beyond the ads on Google, and and they <laughs> they they make the <clears throat> pardon me they do identify them as ads, right. which is uh, which is good for business. Thanks, Damon. Yeah, Thanks for giving us a call. I appreciate it, guys. Thank All right, take care, Thanks, uh, Jason. Pardon me, Jonathan from Brighton. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Well, thank you. I'm not very computer savvy, you might say, but I get some emails from investment companies, and recently when I try to download the information, desktop and documents comes up on the screen, and I can't get rid of it. Now, tell me again, what do you say? What comes up on the screen? Now, this is when you're trying to download something from a... Trying from to a- download an email... Okay. from an investment company, Okay. and when I put the cursor on there yeah. and punch that, nothing happens. There's this desk, desktop and documents that says save or cancel. Well, I, if I hit save, mm-hmm. it just says you've already saved it. If I hit cancel, it goes off the screen, but I've tried to download again, and it just comes up same desktop again. So when you say save, do you look yeah. on the bottom of the computer screen, you'll see just above the uh, taskbar, there's a little ribbon, and the name of the file will be there on the um, left-hand side. And then if you do it again, there'll be two of them. And if you do it again, there'll be three. Sometimes people miss that. And th- be, it, it did download, but and it told you it downloaded, but it's in that little ribbon. Have you noticed that at all? Where's the little ribbon? It's right down what? on the bottom of the screen, just above what the taskbar that's always there. And it should be gray. You're using Windows 10? Uh, yeah, 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 right. Okay. Yes. Okay. It should be on the bottom down there. The other thing you might try doing is, is this, Jonathan, is to right-click. Put your cursor on that email and right-click yeah. on it, and it should give you options then. And one of them should be download. You click on that, and it should download it to your download file. And that's where you should find all these yeah, things. To go to that download folder then. Down in the download folder. Does that make sense to you? Uh I tell you what. Now I have it up here. Okay, I tell you what, Jason, we're going to put you on hold for Hang just on. a second, and we'll come back in just a moment. Thank you so much for joining us here at our number two of the Internet Advisor. We're uh, in studio. We have Bob Kane with us from Cyber and Tom Churchwell, who is here as well, helping us to answer questions. And the number, as you heard the young lady say, is 800-859-0957. And I beg you, please, don't wait until the very end of the program to call us with your questions, because unfortunately, we don't get to get you on the air uh, if we get you in here too late. So please, just give us a call right now at 800-859-0957, and we will get you on the air as quickly as we possibly can. Okay, uh, we're going to go back to Jason, uh, pardon me, Jonathan from uh, Brighton for just a moment. Jonathan, uh, I know Gary was talking with you for a little bit. Let's see if anybody else has any other thoughts. Um, a matter of fact, I think, Bob, you had some thoughts on uh, 
helping to find these downloads? Yeah, if you know how to get into the Windows Explorer in Windows 10, when you run that, it brings up uh, uh, on the left-hand side, there will be a thing called Quick Access, and one of the items in that list will be Downloads. Jonathan, do you know how to get to the Windows Explorer in Windows 10? I'm not sure. You know what? I think I better wait till a friend of mine gets home. He's away, <laughs> and he he can help me on this. I okay. I just thought I'd give you a call, but yeah, that, I don't. I'm not sure what I'm doing all the time. No, that that's quite all right. I we, understand we, that, Jonathan. And what we think happens is that the first time you did download it, yeah. and then when it you tried it the second time, it said, "Hey, you've already downloaded it." Yeah. And I think what you have to do now is figure out where that you downloaded it and how to access I it. See. Okay, well, I'll so have a friend come over sometime and Good, help. good. It's always good to have a that friend works. come over and give you a hand. Uh, let's. I want to get back to something, though, Bob, that you mentioned. And for we have a lot of our listeners who are using Windows 10. And for some people, that's really tough, especially when they made the move from Windows 7 you know, to Windows 10. <laughs> but one of the things that you just mentioned, Bob, it was important, is that the, um, on the bottom left-hand side, there's a window there, which is essentially where you can type in anything you want. That's the ex- that'll lead you to the Explorer. And so you can put, for instance, you go to that little window and type in Downloads, it'll show you where that is. Or, Bob, uh, uh, you were saying it'll bring up the entire list, right? Yeah, you can scroll down the list and find it that way also. Right, exactly. I actually pinned it to my taskbar. So you got a shortcut. (laughs) So so it's always available. Right. It's a a great uh, one to put in there. All right, let's see. We have, I think, uh, uh, the name is Basim from Troy. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Did I get the name right? Uh, yes, Basim here. Okay, very good. How are you? Very good. How can we help you? Uh, yes, I have a question about wireless routers. Uh, I, I'm looking for one that uh, I'm more interested in the security of the of the router. Mm. Uh, so I want to know if there is any, and if there is no uh, really secure wireless routers, whether using VPN with it will circumvent the problem of the lack of security. Mm, Tom, you have some thoughts? Uh, I always have thoughts about security. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, right. I think, yeah, getting the, the latest routers are really powerful. It's incredible what you can do, and you get multiple channels with them, so you get a lot of throughput. Yeah. I do I, I do like getting your own VPN, right? Utilizing a VPN, even mm-hmm. at home, it's incredible. Uh, and now, with as much throughput as we have, the, the lag isn't as bad. Like, it used to be really bad to have your own VPN, right? Because there was so much misrepresentation. Let's back up for a second. What is a VPN a for A virtual people? private network. So okay. you can... You can you can actually download software that allows you to have your own virtual private network and at it's, home, and it's free. Yes, right? yes, it is. So you Google virtual private network. Uh, I I have and Opera and, and using Opera. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, using Opera, you can use a, a VPN and that real. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I, I I'm a pilot. I talk with my hands. What can I say? <laughs> you know? It's okay. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I I I I I'd say get a get a VPN at home. Okay. Yeah. Hello? I was also going to suggest uh, uh, for added security, I have my wireless set up so you can't access it unless I type a MAC address into it. Oh, that's so a I, oh, I wow. Do MAC filtering. Uh-huh. Yeah. So even if you know my password, you can't connect to the, wi- the Wi-Fi. Yeah. So you and can so get really deep on security with these new routers. And the new routers, are the, they're all the same front end, so it's 802.11, and you want to get an AC... That's the newest, and actually AC Wave 2 is the brand newest, but they're still expensive. Uh, but if you get an AC router, uh, and, uh, and and you can do 
you could first of all you could do either one of the suggestions the the get a virtual private network software that Tom mentioned or Bob mentioned use a MAC address you can do that with just about any brand right I don't know of a brand you can't right, do right. that I've with I've used Linksys and, and uh, okay. Netgear right. well, which I was going to say do you have any brands that you I, your favorite I like Linksys yeah Linksys yeah. Boston, Linksys is one that both of these people, that, that's been a standard for a long time for people for routers. And okay. uh, you, can, you can buy, uh, in terms of um, routers, you can go from something very simple to the MIMO, M-I-M-O, which has got many antennas on it and will uh, help you to um, uh, get the very best signal through, you know, throughout your house. Do you have a, a large area that you're going to no, be using? No, not really. Around? No, okay. not really. Uh, but, but I'm not interested in putting a lot of money into a router, so I want to know if okay. uh, to get a secure one, do you have to spend a lot of money? What do you think, Pat? No, the, the security should be available on, on all the models. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, on pretty much you, all you of them. Can you, can... you can go cheaper than the AC, too. You can get the step back to you know the and previous version, I think it was and that's, that'll be cheaper. Yeah, I'll give you that. one tip, though. But, I, so when you, when I'm you not go sure to, I would. When you go to set your set it up in your room, you want, what you, you want to do is keep it isolated from all the other stuff. Like if you've got a cable modem in there, mm-hmm. keep them apart. It's it's incredible mm. the, uh, the interference that can, can get produced if you have that stuff close together. Right. So just... Yeah, tip there. I, I, so you, no, you don't have to spend a fortune. But you're going to spend. Am I right? You're going to spend about a hundred bucks uh, for a, a for a decent. You're a little bit more than that for a decent uh, a modem. Now you can go up to spending up three hundred something for it, but yeah. I don't think that that's necessarily. You're not going to necessarily get a, a quantum leap in in security when you do that kind of thing. Okay. Maybe a little more adaptability to it. Does that answer your question, Boston? Yeah, it, it is, because I, I was reading a lot of articles on the Internet uh, showing how many problems, security problems, all the routers have, especially at the uh, consumer uh, level. Ah, well, what, what are the kind of problems that you were seeing? Like, that... They're talking about uh, uh, like uh, being easily hacked. And uh, uh, I mean, I don't know the, the, all the details, the technical mm. details, but that they're easily hacked, and you can uh, people can really spy on you when when you're using them. No, well, I would under I would imagine, uh, Bob, that your approach of putting a you have to put a MAC address in there is going to be a level of security that. Not going to be hacked by many people. That, that and make sure you change the default password for yeah. Oh, that is a very. Thank you for saying that. Get to a strong password, because that's the weakest link in any security mm-hmm. program that you have is the password. Yeah, what uh, what Bob mentioned is so important. I've seen some articles in it recently that people will go with just admin, <laughs> which may be what comes to you from the factory. And and that's the, uh, that's the first thing you do. Yeah, that's the very first thing you do when you get it, boss. And whatever you, whatever yeah. you get is change the password. Ch- change that password. Now, now I have a little question. If you have time, sure, sure. Uh, I, I when I was looking at uh, some of the instructions for different ones, they always tell you to log in, and the login is usually HTTP. And I wonder if you're you're doing the login and you're changing the password, uh, somebody could spy on you since it's not a secure connection. Oh, it's not H- It's not HTTPS. No, they're, they're, right. they're all HTTP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I found the S has uh, HTTPS, uh, but I don't know if it can be used for that, uh, for the login or no. You, you could probably set up that password before you even connect it to your cable modem. 
so that it's not actually on a network. It's just a cable between your yeah, computer. They, they all need you to be on the network, uh, on, on the Internet to do it. You can't do it offline. No, no. You know, you're no. not actually on the Internet. You're just, it's, just, it's just a web interface into the router. But, but just a cable between your computer and the router itself yep. would work. You don't need to have it on the Internet. So did you understand that, Boston? You- so uh, when you're logging in, you're not actually getting on the Internet? Right. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. Because you're not connected to the modem, which oh, okay. connects the Internet. So unconnect that. To, um, oh. that yeah, so you link. just have the cable, as, a, um, as Bob was saying, so you just have a cable then between uh, your modem and uh, your computer. And when you're doing that, you're not, you're not on the Internet. Ho- however, yeah. you know, you're doing this pretty quickly. So you connect them, yeah. and then you, you know, immediately change the password it's pretty hard for the bad guys to kind of find you that quickly. I know they can do it quickly sometimes, yeah. but it, that's pretty difficult. That that would be unusual, very yeah. unusual. Very unusual if they were, you know, just kind of waiting for that opportunity. To, okay. To and the, the VPN issue, is it like um, secure? Like if you use it even on the public Wi-Fi, is it secure enough that nobody can hack into it? Secure enough is a is an interesting word, right? Yeah. I mean, so I'm I'm not uh, Snowden, so and he would tell you that nothing is secure enough, and unless it's in a safe at the bottom of the ocean. So uh, I guess it's all relative. Uh, yes, I mean it's. Uh, so the thing is, I mean, uh, always something can get broken into. It's a matter of it, is it worth it at some point, right? When you've got enough barriers in place, someone's going to go to the next person yes. who has no barriers. Yeah. yeah. Gary has used the analogy of people coming down a street and trying back doors to see if one's unlocked. And if you're on a if you're on a on a VPN, uh, the likelihood they're going to pass you and go to somebody that's easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like I have to be lucky. Yeah. Well. (laughs) Well, but beyond beyond that, you would have to be horribly unlucky (laughs) to to get hacked at that particular point. Really wanted to get into your network. And, and they were targeting you, and they were willing to spend a lot of time and effort to try to find to But I don't even know then if they would get, be able to get into a VPN. That's pretty tough. Uh, it's pretty tough. I don't know of any. Uh, they just usually find some other way in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right, Boston. Thank yeah. you for your questions. Yeah, good you, question. Yeah, you made uh, us think. Tapped on a number of things. Again, the number is 800-859-0957. We're going to be wrapping up in about 15 minutes, so this is a good time for you to get in here with your question. And uh, we do have uh, our lines open right now, and would love to be able to take your question at 800-859-0957. we got a great deal of talent here. Guys, with, with VPNs, who are you connecting with when you get a uh, when you get VPN? That's creating a tunnel to someplace. Where is it a tunnel to? Well, well, it depends on which one you get. So there are some VPNs that redirect to different places so that you can't can't get there, right? So that you you, you don't know, and that's that's kind of the mm. point, right? So you don't know, and they don't know. Um, I see. And that's kind of that's kind of why they do it that way, right? So it depends. So uh, you got wh- a VPN, though. I mean, when we originally started creating the VPNs, they were like in the networks that we were building at the you know at whatever organization it was, and that was internal to the organization. You wanted to have different levels of quality of service for different people, mm-hmm. and and then you could use a VPN to kind of segment out the network so that different uh-huh. systems could get higher throughput or. There's a whole host of reasons that you want to virtualize your networking. You know, and we're talking about a lot of the the ways that systemically, right, using technology, we can protect you. But the, the we know that 
kind of the easiest way in is either one, you know, because you have a very poor password, uh, easy to, to break, uh, or two, they just con you. Right? Social it's networking. Called, yeah, so, called yeah. Fishing, social right? engineering. Yeah. Oh, social engineering. Yeah. yeah. Social networking. I don't know what yeah. I'm saying. Well, thinking. they're, they're but, playing with you on the networks. But, but, but so talk about um, passwords, or actually, we're wrapping up this well, segment. Well, I'll tell you what we do. We're going to be uh, taking a break in just a moment. Let's talk about passwords in just a minute. I'll be interested to get your perspectives on that uh, for both of you. Um, our experts in studio are Bob Kane from Cyber, and Tom Churchwell is with us as well. And uh, we do still have some time to answer your questions. So if you've got a burning question about your computer or about uh, the network, getting on it, whatever happens in your digital world, we'd love to take a crack at helping you with that. 800-859-0957 is our number, and we're going to be wrapping up shortly, so make sure you get your call in to us this week. I'd like to thank our board operator, Danielle Mason, for being with us. Thank you so much, Danielle. And uh, Eric Dorch, who was uh, handling the first hour and set things up for this hour, thank you as well to the Board Op Supreme. He insisted we call him that. I think after 13 hours, he gets he, to He, he can, he can name that. We'll call him and, anything he wants. And Logan Stanford, our producer, is, a matter of fact, busy taking a call right now. We'll have it up in just a moment. So thank you to her. And to our folks who have been in studio with us, uh, helping to answer questions, uh, Bob Kane. Tom Churchwell and Jason Dinkelman with his uh, son, Evan, who was with us as well. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, guys, just, just quickly before we get to our call, which is being set up right now, and, and we still have time for your call as well as 800-859-0957. Um, how do you handle passwords? I, I, because for me, now I, I use something called LastPass, which is a password locker, essentially, that is on both my, my desktop and it's on my phone as well. And so I have one password that I use to get into that, and it stores all the rest of mine. What do you What do you use, Bob Kane? I use uh, it's called KeyPass. It's a, it's an app that's available in the portable app suite, which you can install on a thumb drive. So I carry it with me, so I don't have it. I don't have it stored in any of my computers. I just have mm. it on a thumb drive. What happens if you lose the thumb drive? Uh, then I'm in trouble. I have, to, I, I have a copy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. You know, a few of them. So the way it works then is that that stores your passwords. Yeah, it, it's a little little database program. You okay, you you, gotcha. you create mm-hmm. categories and, and ah. put an entry in. Okay, this is my this is my work password. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I, when I say that, I actually have probably a dozen work passwords right. because of all the multiple systems at work, and not sure. all of them will even allow the same password syntax. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And then, then there's, you know, banking, credit cards, sure. uh, uh, and, different and you, different forums. And, and you certainly don't want the same one used for different ones because if they break into one, they can they get correct. your passwords for everything else, right? So yep. what try, do you do? Try and use different passwords yeah. for, for the different things so that my if you know my work password, it won't get you into my bank account. So that was, again, KeyPass? KeyPass. K-E-Y-P-A-S-S. And you, what do you do? I, oh, I could tell you my, my password strategy, but then I'd have to kill you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't tell us. <laughs> How do you handle the number of passwords you need? It, it's it's you almost just have impossible. A... Yeah, it's just, it's, it's terribly hard, isn't it? I mean, for everybody it is. And yes. I, I think you're right. You, getting a system that allows you to not have to memorize everything, and, and it, it can be a, a two, uh, what is it, two 
Two-factor authentication. Two-factor authentication. Doug Song has a really great company called Duo Security out in Ann Arbor that uh, he's going to be speaking at Midwest Technology Leaders Conference on Wednesday, but one of the best two-factor authentication companies and technologies in the world here. RSA. I mean, there's so many many different ways to to try and do some. But definitely trying to memorize everything is crazy. Yeah. Can't do it. Okay. Let's uh, go to our next guest up here, DJ from Detroit. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Good, good. I have a question. If I'm in a, a place like a hotel or McDonald's where they uh, have uh, free access to their Wi-Fi. Right, P- public, uh, pub- a public Wi-Fi hotspot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can, uh, can someone, can, can they monitor my activities on my computer? Indeed they can. Hmm. Again, I come back to Opera VPN, and if you if you're utilizing that, even if you're in a public space like that, as long as you don't have people behind you watching what you're doing, that kind of thing, uh, you're going to be in a much better position, uh, security wise. Yeah, yeah. but, One, but it doesn't necessarily always mean that they're doing that. But you just have to be very careful. You have to be more secure, and you have to be more security minded, right, Bob? Yes. So they so they can monitor my activity. Is that is that, is that what you're saying? Oh yes, and, and as a matter of fact, you can have a third uh, man in the middle uh, kind of an attack where somebody, yeah. somebody, could, for instance, could pretend to be the hotspot for McDonald's, and they aren't. Uh-huh. But uh, you you sign on thinking that you've gotten the the hotspot for McDonald's, and you haven't. You've gotten them, and they've essentially spoofed you, uh, and then they're just you know picking up your keystrokes as you go through. So that's why. Um, when you're traveling, this would be a great reason to have yeah, a VPN. It is, yeah. A very good reason yeah. to have one. There, you know, I mean, there, there's so many sophisticated ways for people to do stuff. I, and I, I, I agree, you know, the question is not if we're paranoid, but are we paranoid enough, I, mm. I'll tell you. Because there's there, keystrokes you were talking about, they have folks that sit down and they have things that can actually detect re, just remotely what your keystrokes oh, wow. are. Yes, that's right. Wow. Uh, so yes, it's not, and I'm not trying to make anybody scared or anything. I'm just saying that one, it, one, it, it behooves you to, uh, to take precautions. One mm. of the richest men in the world, Larry Ellison from Oracle said, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. So even if you have a hotel, you can't, you can't be, you can't, not necessarily, you can't, uh, assume privacy when you're in a hotel. It I don't think you can not. assume privacy definitely. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Unless okay. you're doing something like what the guys have been talking about, what Tom's been talking about with the VPN, then you can assume a certain amount of, of privacy at that particular point because you've okay. created a tunnel for yourself. You can assume you're safer. And yeah, it's... that's point. Good <laughs> right. point. Good point. Well, what's a VPN? I'm sorry. I don't know yeah. what a VPN is. It's, a, it's called Virtual Private Network. So VPN just stands for Virtual Private Network. And uh, uh-huh. I, I like I like one. That, it's called Opera, and that's know, the browser Opera. Yeah. Well, they have a yeah. VPN attached to it. Oh, oh okay. There's yeah. a, so yeah. Opera is a is a browser that has a VPN attached yeah. to it. Okay. Otherwise, you could go on, for instance, and just Google for VPN. Yes. And and, and there's lots of and a lot of them are free. Yeah. Not all of them, but a lot Ooh. of them are. Opera is Opera is free. I'm I'm cur- I'm curious, Bob. Do you use VPNs? Not not for personal use. I, I have some I use for work. 
Right, I do too. Yeah, so okay. VPNs for work, but I don't use them personally. I, I guess I'm not paranoid enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't use them either. I would imagine I, and I do, I don't use them and all I the time. do get on for from hotels, and I do get on from other public networks. But I say it's a public network, and my security, because I've set up my security on my computer, whenever I'm on a public network, my security is very high. I don't use it at home. You don't. Okay. You don't use the VPN at home. You're no, saying. I don't. Gary, I'm curious. You're saying because I know you travel a tremendous right. amount. Right. Uh, that you. So how do you get around that by setting your security level high? What yeah. do you mean by that? I just set all my security levels higher, so that there's some sites I can't get to, and oh. that's okay because I don't want to get to them. Uh, but there's some things that just you know when you go into your security settings. You can set those up at very secure. Where you mean in your browser? Really Are you talking about in your browser? Browser and, and your security settings in your computer. Oh, okay. Right? In, okay. Your, uh, in Windows 10. Oh, in Windows 10 as yeah. well. Okay. There's a way of setting a reading high. All right. And that is a way of protecting yourself as well. Did you hear that, DJ, then? Yeah, so when you do it, you can't, you can't necessarily expect privacy when you're doing your bank account. You're looking at your bank account online. So you can't expect I, yeah. privacy then. So there's a very good point. I never go to my bank account when I'm on a public network, ever. Yeah, okay. Right. Because if they break into something that I don't care about as much, okay. But I, I don't want anybody to have a keylogger that could possibly stand up or a man in the middle, as Foster was saying, mm-hmm. you know, on my bank account. So it just... You don't, you don't, you I don't even have that much in it. <laughs> I'm sorry, say again. You don't take activities on your bank account or anything like that? I'm, I'm sorry, say that again, please. I missed that. So you, you don't check your activity on your bank account every every once in a while? Well, I, I use online banking, but I don't do it from a public network. Is yeah, that what you're asking? Yeah. yeah, that's the key um, point. Yeah. If you're at home and you've got security there. Or my business. Or, or your business. Uh, again, you can set your levels of security really high, but I would never go on to a public uh, Wi-Fi outlet or hotspot and, use, uh, and do my banking if I possibly, possibly could. Uh, I would, see. It would have to be a, a pretty uh, dire situation to do that. Okay, DJ? Okay, thank you. All right, my friend. Thank you very much for giving us a call. And thanks for all of you who have given us a call during the program today. And that was some really good stuff. By the way, Yippy, Y-I-P-P-Y dot com is a search engine. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, there's uh, like 300 search engines. Yeah, and somebody mentioned that during the program today. It's Y-I-P-P-Y, and you can look into that uh it says the educator's choice for search. So there's all sorts of them out there that you can look into, DuckDuckGo or any number of the other ones. Guys, I want to thank you very much. Bob, thank you as much, Bob Kane, for You're being welcome. with us. It's been a pleasure having you here. Tom Churchwell, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having we me. We have safely landed the program with you uh, at the helm here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ron and Kay Stefanski, I'm going to come over and meet Bill Cobbs uh, shortly. <laughs> Take care. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show. Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.